Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us, and we welcome all of you listening on the International Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us. And uh, with us, of course, our producer and co-host, Elaine Harland, and our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Mm-hmm. Owl, with us. And we are in, Elaine, part two of, uh, you know, it is always so good yeah. to have Dr. Jim Hanman what with us. What a treat, isn't it? Just to, uh, great to, being to, here. to share mm-hmm. insights and uh, about what the, you know, living this Christian life. Mm-hmm. And remember last week we were talking about how we really tend to complicate things. You know, oh. we uh, we make God a lot more complicated than he is, and he's deep, and we tend to make him shallow, and it's uh, we kind of do a topsy turvy thing with it. But, I've done that uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've all been uh, been down that road from time to time, and so uh, tonight, friends, we have the privilege of uh, part two as uh, we look at uh, wonderful insights. And again, Dr. Henman is the author of "Who's Really Driving Your Bus," and uh, you mentioned it uh, last time, uh, kind of a concept, uh, Jim. And you're you're actually looking at maybe another book in the cooker too, well, right? As he writes it, I'm typing. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to me that was done before That's somewhere, how too, each wasn't of the other it? ones have been done. That <laughs> is exciting indeed. Way. Oh, we can't Amen. wait. I love the title of the new one, too. I love it, too. Go ahead. And Willing to be a fool for God. Amen. Wow. Amen. Really, it's what makes it possible to put his plan into action. Mm. You know, speaking of that, let's check in with uh, a lot of folks who have embraced that yes. concept. Willing to be a fool for God, let's uh, check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a question about Peter, one of the very first Jesus freaks. Do you think he was whining when he said to Jesus, we've given up on everything to follow you? I don't know, but I do know Jesus responded with a promise and a warning. He said, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or even a mother or father, children or property for my sake and for the good news sake will receive now in return a hundred times over houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property with persecutions. Then Jesus saved the best for last. He told Peter, in the world to come, they will have eternal life. That's even better than a thousand houses. For more on the voice of the martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And back with you here live on Lighthouse Live. And you know, uh, friends, uh, as we listen to these uh, Voice of the Martyr vignettes uh, every week, it, it really speaks to having a God worldview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's kind of hard to, to come to terms with the fact that, you know, this life, this 80, 90, whatever years we have here is not yet. Yeah. 
You know, intellectually, we may buy off on there's a heaven and there's an eternity, but our natural inclination is not to live like we're, we're living like, man, this is it. Exactly. And uh, gee, if, if I and you know, waste time doing what God wanted me to do in this, I'm going to miss, mm-hmm. you know, what, gonna miss out, miss right? out yes. here. And uh, that transition from kind of my life thinking to, wow, God's eternity thinking, that, that's, a, that's a tough path to cross into, isn't it? Well, you it? know, and, and the segue from that path that somehow if I do what God wants, then I am robbed of happiness, pleasure, mm-hmm. satisfaction if I'm doing what he wants instead of what I want. And the truth is, because he loves us perfectly, there is no way to get more fullness, happiness, meaningfulness than to allow him to guide us. He not only knows what's best for us, he wants what's Mm -hmm. best for us, doesn't he? And will deliver it if we allow him to live through us. And that gets back to that concept of uh, surrender. And uh, hey, we'll get uh, more on that in just a few moments with Dr. Jim Henman, our special guest tonight. Right now, though, let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. A public school in Livingston, California, reversed its position over students being allowed to wear pro-life shirts as a result of an administrative complaint filed by PGI attorneys on the pupil's behalf. You see, two middle school students were admonished by school officials for wearing pro-life shirts. The shirt stated, Help cure abortion, the leading cause of death in America, 1.2 million every year. One student was cautioned that refusal to do so would result in her being sent home. Let's hope that other school districts don't make the same mistake in attempting to silence those who lovingly care enough to speak up for the many unborn who can't. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, friends, Brad Dacus will be here in the Modesto area January 23rd, 10 to 1 p.m., talking about legal issues facing the church. And, Elaine, I think one of the neat things about Brad, you know, there are reasons why we have, you know, certain uh, agencies on this program and, and others that are not. Uh, but one of the reasons we, we love to have Brad is that his heart is right on this. Mm, yes. You know, and so many times we've talked to him, and it was a case of dealing with a school district or a city government or whatever, and he longs for that very amicable, amiable uh, resolution to the problem. He loves justice, doesn't he? He loves justice, yes. but he, and with but that... it's not conflict it's for conflict's not, sake. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know... We make jokes about lawyers and all that, but you know he he's, truly embraces. He's you know, a lawyer with God's that. heart, yes. and and he really just you know wants to see everyone involved. See, as we talked about last week, Jim, he longs for even the people that he's uh, addressing in a legal way for them to see the situation through God's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and tries to arrive at ways of doing that before. Uh, it gets to court. And so, uh, again, friends, uh, we encourage you to uh, support the Pacific yes. Justice Institute and in prayer and financially as well. Remember their website, pacificjustice.org, and you can also call them toll-free at one 305 9129 
That's one triple eight three zero five nine one two nine. Let's check out a couple of quick opportunities here before we get back with our part two with Dr. Jim Henman, the uh, Stanislaw County Health Services Agency. All this month and into November, need licensed registered nurses and non-medical volunteers to provide senior flu clinic services to patients in our county. And I'm working as a team with volunteers and staff. The volunteer nurses will, of course, administer the flu vaccine. And uh, yeah, if they can catch me, they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough job to do, wouldn't it? And uh, also to the other vol- the non-medical volunteers, you won't be administering shots, obviously, but you'll be greeting uh, the public. Ouch. <laughs> you would be greeting uh, the public and assisting the staff, registration and things like that. Again, this takes place October through November. All volunteers must be uh, at least 18 years of age. Medical volunteers must have a current RN license. The United Samaritans Foundation, where you can help to assist with Meal preparation, this is a great, great thing. Friends, distribute meals from the United Samaritans lunch trucks and cleanup. Volunteer shifts are also available weekdays, 830 to 430 at all Houston, Modesto, and Turlock sites. Uh, volunteers may also help sort and prepare boxes and assist with vehicle and general cleanup. Now, the United Samaritans Foundation Daily Bread Ministries provide hot meals or bag lunches to the needy of Stanislaw County uh, on a daily basis. And, and that's just a... a personally meeting those needs and reaching out and and touching lives and friends that's uh that's a huge huge part you know, you talk of about what takes place. the importance of god's plan and healthy living oh. if we only focus on our own needs mm. we get very constricted if Amen. we begin to realize that there is pleasure there's satisfaction in reaching out to others even if we're in a difficult spot ourselves Suddenly, his plan starts to come more alive. What you guys do is so wonderful. You know, helping make that possible. I don't think we've ever met a volunteer who didn't live out that it's more blessed to give mm-hmm. than to receive. You know, when when you sacrifice for something else, uh, for someone else, mm-hmm. in the name of Christ, out of love for Him, not because you have to, right? Not not because it's on our our list. You know, but it's because we love Christ so much, we're going to go love someone else. Mm -hmm. Man, God does something amazing inside of you, doesn't he? You know, the economy of giving that comes from the free giving, like Mike was saying, Mm. is is almost the opposite of begrudging giving. Mm. Because I should, because I'm a Christian. I should, because I'm a psychologist. I should, because I'm a pastor or whatever. It's a totally different experience when it's begrudging than when it is truly freely given. When you give it not expecting anything in return because you're giving it to someone, first of all, chances are they can't return the physical thing, whatever that is. But it's just something amazing, like Pastor Mike said, that happens inside when you do that. It's just a a wonderful thing. And and needy people know our motives. Mm. Yeah, They can Mm. read that, you know, in a nanosecond. Someone asked a question, uh, I forget who it was, but not too long ago. It is one of the books that we've read. He said, is service a tactic or is it who you are? Mm. Is service mm. a tactic or oh, is I it like who that. you are? I do too. Mm-hmm. I do and, too. you know, hurting people know. They just know where you're coming from. If it's coming out of your identity right. in Christ, it's very different Amen. than if it's something that you try to do to be like him. Yeah. And if you're doing it with 
that in mind yeah. with, the, with his nature and, and through mm-hmm. his strength and with all the right reasons there's something wonderful that takes place yeah. inside of you i mean you may be having a tough day or mm-hmm. struggling in a certain area and you do that and there's something amazing happens i think it's so much of a god thing well friends we want to invite you and encourage you to take take part in the annual fundraising dinner for the christian berets bringing balanced life to differently abled people. And they are having this great, great uh, event on uh, Thursday, November 9th at the Modesto Center Plaza in the Tuolumne Room. And that's located at 1000 L Street. And I know that because it says it right here, not because I know where it's at, but that's where it takes place. And uh, there's going to be a silent auction, a raffle, a dinner, and an evening program. And uh, it's going to be emceed by uh, ABC's very own Pastor Michael Douglas. So but it'll that's be good going anyway. Be, it's going to be think, awesome. <laughs> so we just want to. Michael, I would give anything for your voice. With, with, you know, twenty nine ninety five at an unknown retail store. <laughs> it's on sale this month. So we just hey, maybe it'd be part part of the silent auction. Well, if it's your voice, it won't be silent. So, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll go there. <laughs> the Christian Berets. What a wonderful time! And if you Great have any, yes, if you have any questions, we might give out their phone number while we're at it too. Uh, contact them at two zero nine five two four seven nine nine three. Again, two zero nine five two four seven. Seven nine nine three, and they would be oh so happy to hear from you as well. Uh, Barbara Borba would too, and she's at two zero nine five two four thirteen zero seven extension one one three at the United Way. You can always give us a call, friends, if you have any questions on any of these opportunities to serve. Uh, we can do that for you at two zero nine five four four nine five seven one. Don't forget the daily update page. The daily update page. We you update know. it daily. <laughs> Hence the name Daily Update. Page. There you go. And what that's, a coincidence. That's been, <laughs> that's it's been, been a long day here. www.vibrantcommunities.org. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's vibrantcommunities.org. And we always love your comments. Amen. You know, uh, Elaine updates that page two or three times a day. In fact, there are people uh, that, that want to serve that just uh, on a regular basis log in and just check to see if there's something yes. on that list today that might fit what you like to do, your passions, your skills, your interests. And again, that uh, website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. We are so excited. And friends, if you missed last week, part one of God's amazing plan for healthy change, we would just encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, and then and then join, join in on this one. And just, again, invite your friends, your neighbors, and uh, uh, listen in to a great, great, uh, lots of nuggets, as we say, because because Jim Henman, author of Who's Really Driving uh, Your Bus, um, and author of another book coming up. We are so excited, and you got into that a little bit. And as you write, uh, and as you are inspired, and you're listening to the Lord lead you through this, we just uh, would commit to praying for you as you do this. I never have enough prayer. Oh, Mm -hmm. indeed. Amen to that. I never have enough. You know, prayer is, uh, it begins, a lot of things begin there, doesn't it? Because it's that... Communication and communication mm-hmm. is so vital. You know, this is not what I was planning on saying, but Go this ahead. is what's coming up. As you just said, what you did <clears throat> for most Christians that I've talked to, when they think of who Jesus is, and you out in the audience, really take a moment to picture when you think of Jesus, what do you picture? Most people picture Christ. Often in the heavenlies in his flowing robe and he is Christ 
Seated on the he throne. He is Christ, yes. seated on the throne. Yes. And he came in human form as Jesus for a reason. And that's not him calling you on the no. cell phone. No, no I hope not. <laughs> yeah. he has well, if he wants to call me home right now, I'm, I'm fine with that. Can we just finish? I'd like to say goodbye to Sonia first. <laughs> but if he calls you up right now, the rest of us are in trouble. I, I understand that's that. True. <laughs> but, but when you think of how you picture him, how important that is in terms of relationship. Because I see Jesus... In a work shirt and jeans. Now, Christ is also King of King, Lord of Lords, sitting on the, on the throne. But he came in a very different form as Jesus, the human manifestation of God's nature. Work shirt and jeans, sweaty armpits. He works outdoors. He's got kind of a windburn. His hair is a little disheveled. There's a little bit of lunch left in his beard. Any of you that have had beards know there's always a little residual that, that hangs on after. And I mean that with love and respect. Of course. Not disrespect. Yeah. But only in seeing him in that truly human form can you curl up, for me anyway, can I curl up and, and, and just be loved by, by my big brother, Jesus. That's comfortable. It's that's comfortable. safe for you. Yeah. I can't do that if I see him on the throne. In his white robes, I'd make him, I might mess up his garments. Well, do, mm-hmm. in, in, in Western Christianity, Jim, it seems to me oftentimes we don't really think of Christ relationally. Right. Master of all, Lord and master, and, and he is. And he is. As, as you said, he absolutely is. Absolutely. But, you know, he longs for that relationship yes. with us, and I, I think oftentimes we, we miss that, if not for our busyness, at least in terms of what our thinking is and right. how, how we've been inculcated right. to, to think about Christ. Right, right. And, and, and that guts God's plan mm. right out from under us if we don't have that. Mm. And he's the lover of our souls, mm-hmm. a friend that sticks closer mm-hmm. than a brother. Mm-hmm. He loved us so much that he died for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we were not deserving That's right. that kind of gift. Amen. When, when I look at, <clears throat> you know, I, I treat my clients the way he treats me. Mm. And my clients will often say, Jim, you know, don't you get tired of saying the same thing to me over and over? And I always chuckle and I say, well, when I think of how many times my big brother Jesus has said, Jimbo, <laughs> Jimbo, you're going the wrong direction. Would you like a little help? You know, when you're when you're going the wrong and you're face down in the mud, let me help clean your face off. Let me help, you know, get the mud off. Because I love you. And he would tell me the same thing over and over. And not once has he ever said, you know, I told you this before. <laughs> that's right. and I'm getting sick and tired of telling you when you're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And yet that's how we often talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've often heard. And we've often all heard, of sadly, our lives. sadly, sadly, yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to get off on that, but I just no, that's OK. That that's relationship okay. piece, the it's... more tangible we can see him, the more deeply we can experience the relational component that, like Mike says, is often anemic it, it, it all, in, our, in our current Western world. It brought to my mind, Jim, as you were describing your big brother Jesus, a song that's out. You know, he, he, he avoids the stained glass crowd. Mm. Um, he was out there in the streets. He that's got right. down. He got dirty. Yeah. He was not a prude and he was not easily offended. Right. And yet sinners felt comfortable with him. 
When you let yourself get behind that concept, it's mind-boggling. He did not sin, and sinners felt comfortable being themselves around him. Now let's bring up the question at the time, of course, the Pharisees. And you remember his confrontation (laughs) of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Why were the sinners not comfortable with the Pharisees who knew scripture backwards and forwards certainly they were the experts in mm-hmm. in uh in, in in scripture why were they not comfortable with the pharisees and yet so comfortable with christ because they did not reflect his nature at all mm-hmm. not at all mm-hmm. not at all and that uh that incisive comment that uh jesus makes as he's uh talking to the people around the pharisees you know they they sit in moses' seat do what they tell you. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, they they are the your word. experts. He still says but honor. Honor, yes. Yes. But don't be like them. Yeah. Man, you know, and I've often thought of that in, in um, my life, especially the past couple of years, and mm-hmm. I've been thinking, you know, what? Well, I, I don't want... I don't want Jesus to say to someone I've counseled or someone that's come to us for help to say, you know pastor's right here in, in what he said, but don't be like him mm-hmm. because he doesn't reflect the character of God. Well, you know, we ask ourselves that question. That that can be uh, an, an awesome turning point and painful sometimes, too. Huh? But if we let the grace turn the aus- the painfulness into awesomeness, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny. I think I was born without a judgmental bone except for Pharisees. And I used to love you brood of vipers, you unwashed yeah. supplicator. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, he Go hates him. him too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until he blew it for me. Actually blew it for me. I was heartbroken for a while. Saying to that Pharisee, you unwashed supplicator, was the most loving thing Jesus could say mm. to that Pharisee because of what the Pharisee was doing and what was waiting for him because of what he had done to God's children. Mm. Mm. It just about broke my heart. Mm. He wants me to even love the Pharisees. Yeah. Mm. I'm in transit on that. <laughs> yeah. I still have a long ways to go. That's part of my rebellion yeah. is there. I try not to judge him. Sure. But boy, I was heartbroken when I found out that he was actually being loving to the Pharisees mm. when he called them unwashed supplicators. You know, Jim, just before going on air, we were talking a little bit about... The things that have occurred that have occurred in the the recent news um, with the children uh, in Pennsylvania and what have you, and all of the shootings that take place, and just the horrendous crimes that are committed, and yet you see people acting out of love, forgiveness, mm-hmm. compassion, and grace, and we think about the nature of God and the fact that He doesn't change His nature doesn't change and yet he's god mm-hmm. his nature is just is awesome and and the pharisees had no concept of what no that was concept. and the people today mm-hmm. you know don't but he died for them too didn't he and you know something funny too <clears throat> the truth is as a new creation we never change from being a new creation mm-hmm. And what is being a new creation is growing more and more in his nature. So what never changes is our ongoing growth in his nature. That's what never changes. You know, going back to this example, Elaine, that you brought up of of the the shooting Mm -hmm. at the Amish Mm -hmm. school and the response Mm -hmm. of the Amish in in, in extending forgiveness. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, there are two ways we see that go down in our world. In one way, it's like the Amish where you really sense there is genuine forgiveness here. You know, but there's also the the flip side, and uh, um, I, you know whether you call it hyper spiritualization or super spiritualization mm-hmm. or whatever, where it's like a, a force thing. I've I've got to say this, that uh, I'm forgiving you. I'm going to take the high road because that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But you can tell the person's heart isn't in it. That's right. You know, and it's uh, it's that difference that makes a whole lot of difference to oh, the yeah. person who's receiving that. Mm-hmm. Because they can see through the mask. Sure. They can see whether it's real or whether it's being forced or contrived. And I think it goes back to, again, using the example of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Their heart wasn't right. Yes. Right. Their minds had it. They were sharp. But mm-hmm. Their heart wasn't right. Knowledgeable. Oh, they could read the... But no wisdom, meaning mm-hmm. not the mind of God. Mm-hmm. 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 You know what's funny about forgiveness? It's always a kick in the tail for me. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness... First of all, it's misunderstood. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Now, when God forgives, he forgives perfectly. But as human beings, it doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean that what happened was okay. Forgiveness is letting go of holding on so that we can have both hands free in the present to continue becoming on our path. Mm-hmm. And until we truly embrace what you mm-hmm. just said, mm-hmm. we're not free. Right. Forgiveness is really for the person doing the forgiving, That's right. not for the person being forgiven. Mm-hmm. Now, when it's truly honest to forgive, like the Amish, it'll have a tendency to touch the person who's forgiven that can add to transformation. Yes. And that's right. wonderful. But the forgiveness is for the person doing the forgiving, so they're no longer carrying that load mm. in their backpack. You know, in, in the last uh, part one mm-hmm. <laughs> last week, mm-hmm. uh, we touched a little bit on having to be right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think oftentimes that gets in the way of our forgiveness mm-hmm. in, in our skewed idea of justice. Uh, they, they may not deserve this. Well, right. man, we didn't deserve right. Christ's right. death Anybody and resurrection. Did. We didn't, you know, it's totally by God's grace. But this issue of having to prove that I'm right, mm-hmm. and, and take it in, in marriage, Jim, and I know oh. you've had a bazillion couples. Oh. What happens when we just dig our, our heels in? And, I mean, you can see the, the heel marks in the parking mm-hmm. lot, you know, as mm-hmm. they come in. Skid marks. Uh, what, what happens when we have to prove that we're right? It's called divorce. <laughs> it's an ugly word. All too often. Amen. That's right. Because you can't reconcile with someone that has no room for anyone but their position of being right. Mm-hmm. And God's not in it. I mean, even though biblically their position may be sound, the heart, the nature of God is not in their, in their being right, the demand to be right. I mean, you see people do horrific things yes. to make a point, mm. yeah. to prove a point, to be right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had it easy because growing up, I was, you know, you know my past. I, mm-hmm. I was flunking out of elementary school and wasn't even supposed to go to college. <clears throat> So maybe I was used to not being right. But to me, if I can learn and grow, you know, if Al says, you know, Jim, you are the worst 
example of a Christian psychologist I've ever seen. And the reason I'm here as a prayer intercessor is to protect these people from you. <laughs> Truth be known. And that's why I'm here. If no. that were the case, I would say, I would hope I would say, I believe I would feel, wow, really? <laughs> Tell me more about that, Al, because you know something? I don't want to be the worst. Mm. I'd rather be mm. the best that I can be. What are you noticing that gives you the sense that I'm the worst? Mm. Curiosity and confusion are so underutilized in the body, and yet they're such an important part of God's plan. Mm. Curiosity and confusion. What did Jesus say at Pontius Pilate? He took the coin. Whose face is on the coin? Caesar. He knew whose voice, uh, face was on the coin. Of course he did. Of course you know, he did. God knows everything. But he asked in confusion, whose face is on the coin? They answered, Caesar. Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God. Mm-hmm. Out of that curiosity and confusion came truth. Came truth. Well, and, and I think, Jim, even, and, and I had to learn this the hard way as a staff pastor, and mm-hmm. hey, I'm just slower than the average guy but you know to, to, yeah it it took it it dawned on me after a while even if this person is blowing a lot of smoke mm-hmm. and there's a lot of out of focus stuff going on mm-hmm. to use your word there's a nugget there somewhere mm-hmm. i need to hear mm-hmm. right. and and the challenge i think and again looking at it with god's eyes is being able to blow all the smoke away mm-hmm. and get down to what what is that nugget that is true about what they're saying right. and the rest of the stuff does not negate mm-hmm. that one nugget Absolutely. and i think we tend to do that because of the way you presented it or the way you approached mm-hmm. me or you mm-hmm. didn't do matthew 18 right or whatever mm-hmm. it might be mm-hmm. you you can't come to me with this now and mm-hmm. i'm i refuse to hear you because you didn't do the process right you know boy mike that is we try to make a formula God because a formula God is nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. We can know what the rules are with the formula. We can follow the rules, and then we've made it. Of course, the casualty there is grateful humility. Yes. Because if you've made it on your own steam, there's nothing to be grateful about, is there? Amen. Sorry. If I've earned it myself, I'm entitled to it. And you know a nugget he gave me? Entitlement prevents satisfaction and pleasure. Mm -hmm. If I'm entitled to something, I can't truly receive satisfaction and pleasure from something I'm entitled to. That is so rich. We're not entitled to God's gift. Therefore, we can have the full abundance of that gift. What a wonderful nugget. We're talking about God's amazing plan for healthy change and the sanctification that takes place of becoming holy imperfectly. And, and sometimes it's a little clumsy. And that's the name of the song we have from Chris Rice on Lighthouse Live. You think I'd have it down by now? Been practicing for 30 years. I should have walked a thousand miles So what am I still doing here, yeah Reaching out for that same old piece of forbidden fruit I slip and fall and I knock my halo loose Somebody tell me what's a boy supposed to do I get so clumsy And I get so foolish 
and clumsy. Boy, I can relate to that. Here on Lighthouse Live along with Pastor Mike, Elaine Harlan, and and Dr. Jim Henman, our wonderful friend, doctor, and psychologist. And friends, if if you've just tuned in, uh, we are looking at God's amazing plan for healthy change. We all need that change, don't we? I mean, if we think we don't, I think that's a a huge problem. We're in big trouble. The truth is not in us, as it says. That is so true. Sanctification is a process, isn't it? We don't really get it on this side of eternity, but uh, we we are continually being uh, renewed. uh, It's the journey, isn't it, Jim? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and, and we're not going to get there. We're not going to arrive, as we say, on this side of eternity. But we can certainly enjoy the adventure. Amen. And that's what he wants us to do. Exactly. But are we doing that? Are we really, really doing that? Are we doing it, you say? Yes. I can't imagine enjoying it anymore. <laughs> well, we're glad it's that like you are. It would be illegal or something. <laughs> but you know, Jim, you have a tremendous ministry in the place where you work. You see people day in, day out, week mm-hmm. after week, mm-hmm. who are not grasping hold of that enjoyment, of that identity, of knowing who they are. We talked a little bit last mm-hmm. week about the mm-hmm. Alzheimer's identity right. crisis and mm-hmm. and uh, all of that, but finding that identity. You know, God has some fundamental plans and some steps that you can take, and I love the way you go through those with us. Well, you know, it starts with living consciously. Mm-hmm. 
And the trouble is most of us are in coma. Mm. We're in coma as we go through our lives. We're in coma as we sit in the pews. We're in coma as we drive. We're just in coma. And coma does not stimulate. And so addictions are a way to compensate for the coma. You know, we were talking about addiction to the familiar. Ah. Ah. Good. That's... In between, uh, Mike was talking about, you know, how is it that we keep falling for the same trap over and Mm. over? I believe the addiction above all addictions is the addiction to the familiar. We're drawn to that which we know. The more we've developed a survival mentality, the more true addiction to the familiar becomes. Even if it's an unhealthy... Oh, we hate it. Oh, we can oh, hate my goodness. it. It's like, I don't want to be like my dad, for example, okay? In the bus book, I talk about the not model, N-O-T, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. model. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like that. Well, the trouble was 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote about don't think of purple in Romans, <laughs> where he said, until the law said don't covet... He had no trouble with coveting. But once the law said don't covet, he had every covetous thought. When we try not to do something, it doesn't tell us what to do instead. God's plan is not don't sin. We, We forget that. God's plan isn't don't sin. God's plan is keep your eyes on me and allow me to comfort you forward. Big difference. That addiction to the familiar, uh, Jim, uh, a woman who is uh, uh, has an abusive father <laughs> may likely marry someone who reflects that. And I'm sure you've seen Odds it, are uh, excellent. Odds are excellent. And, and in the case of uh, children who are abused mm-hmm. uh, you know, sexually, so many of them mm-hmm. go on and, and do the same thing. And uh, it's, it's that going back to what we know, right. whether it's healthy or not. Jim, what, um, what part of Christ's nature that we experience helps us break that chain and 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 um, get out of that because that it has to circle. be broken yes i know this is a sound kind of a silly answer but it's what's coming to realize we are born again mm-hmm. that we are not stuck in the original environment and circumstance we are born again we are a new creation And if we can tolerate living consciously, relaxing into his nature, letting him love us into his nature, Mm. we do, in fact, safely get past that addiction to the familiar. Jim, is some of this that because of the wounds we've experienced, maybe we don't Mm -hmm. feel worthy? I think the worthiness is part of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a significant part of it. The fact is, well, I think I may have shared this a long, long time ago. When we got pregnant with our first child, and we were pregnant, (laughs) uh, I prayed as fervently as Jesus did in the garden, Lord, please give me daughters. I have no clue how to be a father to sons. And I mean, I was praying that so fervently that I could have sworn blood was coming to the surface. 
because I, my dad and his story is in the bus book mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's a powerful story of tremendous suffering. But you know, there was no bitterness with my dad. Mm. As, as messed up psychologically, emotionally, relationally as he may have been, the fact is he was never bitter. And the gift that I got as I was writing the bus book was expectations, expectations, not experiences, create resentment and bitterness. Mm. His his experiences were as bad as anybody I've ever seen between sexual abuse, physical abuse, physical neglect, you name it. It was as bad as any client I've ever seen, but there was no resentment because he never felt things should be different than they were. Of course, he was from the generation that didn't have that expectation mm. that we tend to have today. So I think that that's a huge part of it is is realizing that God gives us a way to break out of that addiction to the familiar, and that is accepting Christ mm-hmm. as our personal Savior. Which comes back to the relationship instead of the structure. Right. The relationship is everything. Yeah. Yeah. The structure is wonderful in the relationship. Mm. But if you substitute structure for relationship, you're not going to transform. You will not transform without the relationship. Jim, let's let's take a look at this from the angle of uh, a volunteer mm-hmm. with advancing vibrant communities sure. who experiences that, that relationship. And they're working with someone in the field. Maybe it's... Uh, a uh, disabled person mm-hmm. who's who's very just angry about mm-hmm. life and and the the cards that they've been dealt right. uh, or or maybe it's a homeless person that just mm-hmm. can't climb out of it and uh, a lot of bitterness and a lot of addiction mm-hmm. to the the familiar mm-hmm. what could a volunteer do uh to um, to help that person break the chain without preaching at them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just by being there, what uh, what what can they do to to uh, help that situation? The first thing is to realize what not to do, and like you mentioned, part of that, if you try to preach at someone like that, mm-hmm. you will distance them from God. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You'll become that stumbling block that it talks about. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful moments that I've had in therapy. I've been in 35 years of doing therapy, but that stands out as one of those things that even I'm thinking it right now brings tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. There was a woman, uh, it's a pastor's wife. One of, she loved the Lord, hated herself, mm-hmm. loved the Lord, mm-hmm. which is an interesting situation as it is. And she was pouring out her heart, pouring out her story And all of a sudden, through her tears, she looked up and she said, Jim, you put skin on Jesus. Mm. And I started to cry. And and as a volunteer, we have the opportunity to put skin on Jesus in that person's life. Mm -hmm. Let him through us. Don't think what you're going to say. Instead, allow him to speak through you, to love that person in their bitterness. Mm -hmm. Love that person in their brokenness and their woundedness, woundedness, homelessness, whatever it may be. Love them in his nature, which is not the same as the world's love. The world's love would be buy them something, fix them. God knows we don't need fixing. Mm. 
We need loving. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what Jesus gave us. You know, and you you were talking just moments ago about him being a gentleman. Yes. You know, the gentleness, mm-hmm. the kindness, mm-hmm. the authenticity, you know, mm-hmm. the authentic. Oh, yeah. Love that that he gives so freely. And that's mm-hmm. that's what you want to give. Yeah. And, you know, I tell my clients. God's a gentleman. I'm not. I'll push. <laughs> I'll push. But God will accept us right where we're starting, wanting us to change because he loves us, not so that he can love us. Do you hear that difference? Mm-hmm. He wants us to change because he loves us, not so that he can love us. Huge difference. You know, and there's a, a difference when you grow up with the conditional love, oh, yeah. I'll love you if I'll mm. love you when. Um, that's a huge thing for a mm-hmm. lot of people, Jim. Mm-hmm. And so that's... A, it doesn't work because it's not no, from God. No. And it's, it's not we a, do it to ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, an interesting, and we're, we're going to take a quick break here, Jim, but on the other side of it, maybe, maybe if we can talk a little bit about... Yeah, uh, absolutely, we want to be there. We want to reflect God's nature. Is there a tipping point where we start to enable that oh, person point. to continue in in their descent oh, or, or their addiction one, and that probably one. opens up a lot of doors and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that you in just tease. a second we'll, we'll be <laughs> right <tuned>. back yes. <laughs> deep needs deep hurts spreading far beyond the government's ability to help Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing vibrant communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs and then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. 
ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. ABC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine Harlan, and our friend and Dr. Jim Henman, psychologist with us, God's Amazing Plan for Healthy Change. I want to give you our uh, website here real quickly. It's www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Another excellent website is Dr. Jim's website. And Jim, you want to give that website out to our friends? www.cair. F O R Y O U dot com. Care for you dot com. C A I R stands for changing attitudes in recovery. It's awesome. It's in my favorites, friends, and I, I hope that you will uh, make it one of yours as well. Jim, before the break, we were talking about volunteers. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as we're out and we're connecting with people who are hurting, mm-hmm. you know, usually the reason we're out there is they're in a state, you right. know, where they can't help themselves. And that's why mm-hmm. we're, we're coming. Uh, is there a, a tipping point there um, where we go from um, listening and encouraging and, and loving unconditionally to helping them stay stuck? Like I I just mentioned during the break, Jesus is not codependent. Mm. He does not pick you up. What he will do and what he says, my yoke is light. But think of the yoke. If you think of the oxen, which was the analogy at the time that he was sharing this, the senior oxen, if you will, carries all the load while the young oxen walks along. And then as the oxen gets older... They start sharing the load. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that new oxen becomes fully formed, if you will, and then they will train and model for another one. He will give you what you need to do in a healthy way. He will not pick you up if you can walk, but he'll let you lean on him if that's what you need. He will give you as much help as you need to do it in a healthy way. So he will not enable. In other he will words, not enable. That, he right? will not yeah. enable. For one thing, 
if somebody is hurting, my thinking is they have the right and the dignity, dignity to that hurt. It is not my right to take on their hurt. I do not, I do not believe that Jesus, in one sense, he took on the full weight of the hurt of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and he did that. But in terms of taking on your hurt in a way that would enable you to continue your pathology, he would not do. He knows your hurt. He knows your hurt. He understands your hurt. And will give you the help you need to be as healthy as you can be at that moment. And he does allow us consequence for Mm -hmm. choice, which is different Mm -hmm. than judgment. Very different. We were talking uh, after last time that if I have three packs of cigarettes a day, camels, let's say, unfiltered, (laughs) chances are a consequence may be lung cancer, Mm -hmm. heart disease, or some medical condition. God didn't give me that cancer. He didn't stop me from smoking because he gives me the right to choose. But he didn't give me the cancer. Mm -hmm. He gave me the right to take the consequences but he never rejected me as a smoker. Hmm. You see the difference? I do, yes, yes. Jim, we've thrown, thrown around a couple of terms, codependency, mm-hmm. enabling. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Well, first of all, I think that codependency is one of the most misunderstood words. And whenever anyone uses it, I always ask him to define it. Mm. Because to, I'll, I'll give you the definition that God gave me back in 1988, actually. And that codependency is two people scuba diving at 60 feet of depth with one tank. Wow. That's great. And for those of you that have not scuba dived, (laughs) the fact is you cannot make it from 60 feet of depth to the surface on one breath of air. You're just getting a visual. It's literally life and death. And guess who has the tank? Mm. The codependent or the partner? Mm. Wow. It's the codependent mm-hmm. yeah. that does not have the tank. Right. Exactly. Now, if you think of it at 60 feet of depth, all the behaviors that we normally see as pathology in codependency, overly controlling, overly invested in, overly scrutinizing the partner, makes perfect sense at 60 feet of depth. You know, if Elaine is my partner and, and she has the tank and I don't, and she's overlooking at these nice coral formations. I'm going to die if I can't get her attention. Mm-hmm. I've got to watch mm-hmm. her very closely. The pathology does not come at 60 feet of depth. The pathology comes getting off the boat mm-hmm. without your own tank. Amen. Wow. God wants us to have our own tank. Mm. Another trendy word or phrase that is thrown around a lot of times, Jim, is tough love. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I don't know this is true, but I had heard at one point uh, in Turkey during World War II, the Americans would have bob wire and big fences and dogs and, and all kinds of things guarding their perimeters. The Turkish would have just a little wire around theirs because if you blow it, they cut off your left hand. Mm. You blow it twice, you cut off the right hand. The left hand is what you use for the communal 
pot. I may have made, I'm dyslexic. I may have reversed some. But the but the the punishment is incredibly severe. Mm. And whereas Americans are are guarded up the up the, you know. Whatever, wazoo, <laughs> wazoo, <laughs> and yet that's a technical term. Kind of like Gizmo, speaking. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it is it's really sad when 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 people see codependency as being caring. Mm. Jesus was not codependent. Mm. He would not give more help than would help you be healthy. You know, they, people say codependency is loving too much. That's not true. It's not real. Codependency life, is, is loving others and not loving yourself. Mm. And God again takes God's plan out of balance. Is it God's another way plan. to medicate ourselves? It's another way. If I lose yeah. myself in you, then I can try to deal with you while ignoring myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's plan for that healthy change, Jim. It seems to be that a growing uh, is, is sort of a, that, that growth is a common denominator mm-hmm. in all of the the principles that Absolutely. He has set forth for mm-hmm. us. And and you so wonderfully state that in your books and your literature. Mm-hmm. And we just thank you so much. We just can't. Um, Expressed to our friends enough the the book if they haven't got it yet who's really driving your bus anyway pick it up it's at the bookstores and that's coming from a former bus driver absolutely too. a very lost one but now I'm found yay <laughs> and Jim working on your second book Jim is there uh, I can't believe we're bumping the clock here and we're running out of time any last words uh, very quickly change deep profound change truly is possible when we allow ourselves to follow his plan. Mm-hmm. His plan works. It's, it's the only thing that really does work. Jim Henman, we love you. Thank you for joining us. And thank My you, pleasure. dear friends at home. We've got to have you back. There's got to be part three and four. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week, friends, and join us next time. God bless you.